Hey guys, welcome back. Welcome back to the channel. Welcome back to the Mr. Bass Get Your Fish On live podcast show. Before we get started, make sure you click on Mr. Bass's channel and subscribe and click the notification buttons, hit all those likes, and also tell them that you saw them on, you're from Get Your Fish On. So Eric and Booster say hello already. So first and foremost, Mr. Bass, how are you? What's been going on, brother? I'm doing great, man. How are you doing? I am doing well, too. I have been watching the channel this week. Congratulations. I've seen lots of good videos. Tell me a little bit about what's been happening over there on your channel this week. Well, um, I got a, a plethora of uh, boxes this week. You know, the old uh, monthly tackle boxes. So I've been doing those videos. Uh, I got couple of six cent super six sacks and uh those are always great and so what i do i get the standard and the premium and i usually do individuals and then i do a comparison video because for some reason some people like to see the comparisons better than just the individual i'm one of those people videos yeah yeah so i do that and uh enjoy that and then i got the old champions club box from Major League Fishing. It's the third month now that they've been doing that. So I've got that one. Uh, I posted it today. So that, that came just, just a couple hours ago. Posted that one. And that's been kind of an interesting concept. You know, they call it the Champions Club. Yeah. As though as though you're joining a club. It's and then exclusive. They these, it's exclusive if you've got 35 bucks or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> whatever it is. Uh, but, you know, they put a poster of a pro in there, and then they put an information card about another pro, and then they give you a card with a with some discount codes, like this month, Rapala, TH Marine, Yeti, and Yolotech bundles that you can save on. They give you a, a code for Tackle Warehouse that I don't know if it saves you money or not. And then uh, they have a video that you can watch, you know, a, a kind of like a Bass University video of a mm -hmm. pro teaching you something that they say that's exclusive. And I haven't watched any of those videos yet the first three months, so I don't know if they're any good or not. Have, have but, Are you a subscriber to that uh, Bass University by any chance? Yeah, I am. I am, actually. Yeah, Pete is a, a great guy. He Pete's, is a great guy. Yeah. Well, I don't know him personally, but his, his the stuff's good. It's really good stuff. R really good. I yeah. went fishing with Scott Siller one day. He's with uh, NPFL, and as we were on the water, uh, as I we, as we pulled up, uh, Bobby Lane was there, and he, he and I mingle a lot. I guess that's the best way yeah. to say it. And and he thought I was going to to film him, and he was he got all excited. He's like, "Oh my god, I didn't know you worked for Bass University." I'm like, "Ah, uh, yeah, th th that ain't me, man." And he's like, "Oh, oh." So then we sat and started talking, and Scott put the boat in, and the other guy showed up and got on his boat, and we just sat and talked for like 15 minutes, and finally someone said, "You know, there's other people than you two that are working here." And I'm like, "Okay, let's <laughs> I'll see you later." And then uh we texted each other during the uh during the day asking if we were if we were catching fish, could he come over to see us and that kind of stuff? So it was, uh, it was, it was cool. It was really cool. What, what is your overall, now that I'm uh, kind of went way off topic here, what was your overall feeling about that? Do you like this champion gates, uh, this champion club box that you get from uh, them? 
Yeah, so far I do. The the you know one of the one of their uh, promises name brand lures and that they they absolutely have held to that all three months. Everything in the box has been very well recognized. I would call them premium lures for the most part. Mm-hmm. Uh, this month they they had more soft plastics and hard baits, which kind of confused me. But they threw in some tungsten nail weights and and some uh, leader line. And I, I know fishing line is not popular in these boxes, but fishing line is incredibly expensive. And well, uh, I think sometimes guys don't, they just don't equate it with a good, you know, I want something cool in my box. I don't want fishing line. So in your box though, you got fluorocarbon. Fluorocarbon yeah, is extremely expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right here. It was the, uh, the it, it's leader though. It's only 25 yards. But yeah. It's still excess tough line. Yeah, most fluorocarbons, you don't get more than 25, 50, 50 yards of it. It isn't meant to, you know, you don't spool it on a rod. You use it as, you know, a leader. Do you, do you, I, I, I don't even know this, and I apologize. Do you, do you use braid or do you use, use mono? I use braid on my spinning rods most of the time. Okay. And then on my bait casters, I use either fluorocarbon or mono. Okay. I, I have a few techniques that i will use braid on my bait casters but i i don't like braid on a bait caster i know a lot of guys swear by it i do you know but but i don't i just don't like the way it casts and so anyway yeah it's all it's all personal preference to be honest down here we have so much lily pads and that kind of stuff i use like a i think it's only it's the only my bait casters it's the only time i use 40 pound braid uh, everything mm. else is like 10 or 12 pound. I try to go as light as possible just because it, it makes life a lot easier for me. Um, and usually sure. everything is, everything is braid for me. Um, it's and unless I go saltwater fishing and then I use braid and then I use a leader too, at a fluorocarbon leader. Um, yeah, yeah. Right. Because I think they, I think in, in the case of saltwater fish, I think they see the line a little bit better than no offense, stupid bass. So, <laughs> Yeah, you know the water's a lot clearer out there too. I mean, we we have a real issue here locally that the our we have a lot of people that pump their 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 uh, I hate to say this their shit into the lagoon, and oh, I mean really? literally their septic tanks. Jeez and Louise. yeah, and we that get we get ama- we get horrible, uh, you know, red tides and and fish kills and stuff from people spraying their they're keeping you know it's really important in florida to keep your lawn green <laughs> um i mean during the uh, summer yeah. it rains every day excluding here recently so the rain usually does a pretty good job but we have a lot of people that that spend a whole bunch of money to live on the water and they want to keep their grass looking as pristine as possible so they come out and they spray and spray and spray and if you can watch them spray and they're literally spraying the water too and all of that oh. starts to add up, and then we have fish kills or um, algae blooms, and and it usually happens at some point during the summer. We have a, a red tide or 
brown tide or whatever. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it just it it's done so much damage over the years that it's it's just not it's not much fun anymore, unfortunately. So, wow, that's a shame. Yeah, they, I mean, our boy, my boy uh, Jeff Hammers on here. He he fishes. He does videos in the lagoon. And he would be the first one to tell you, other than his most recent video, we don't have grass on the seafloor anymore. It's just the 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 water's so stained the the uh, the sunlight doesn't get to the bottom, and we're only fishing in a foot and a half of water in most cases, maybe two feet, wow. and it, it's it's just that bad. And the the sun doesn't get through it. We don't have any you know, emotion, no, no current that comes through the lagoon. It's, it's all sorts of issues that have all piled up and, uh, we've just made, you know, as, as Jeff just said, they blow their yard clipping straight into the water. It's, it's a bunch of stuff that now we're, we're paying for. And we used to have like 10, 12, 15 years ago, I used to go out with a guy named Dave Rogers. He's the first person that got me into radio. He and I did a radio show just Dave and I it was called a uh, Hogwild or Triple A Hogwild Fishing Show or something like that. I don't even know remember what it was. But Dave was a guide and and he and I would go oh. fishing and we would it wasn't uncommon to catch 10 or 15 30 to 50 inch redfish in a day. Wow. And now you go out there and if you can find one you're really doing good. Um really? so you know, it's it's a horrible thing. I mean, I could, in all honesty, it's it's one of the negative things about the fishery, the fishing down here. But that salt water, you go inshore and like you know, we have algae and that kind of stuff, but not to the level of the salt water side. So, you know, hmm. it's a shame. It's just a shame how we how we've taken care of certain things. Okay, so let me go through everybody. Everyone's already been saying. Hello. So Herb, Jan, Jeff, Jeff Hammer, Matthew, Hank Snow is in here. Hank Snow just gave me some whole bunch of jigs. Look at these babies, man. They're in bags right now, though. Custom hand-tied hair jigs. Oh, man. Hair jigs. They are sexy. Shannon, uh, Little B, Booster, uh, a whole bunch of people. Eric, all you guys. Thanks. Frank, who's Duncan? N5KDA, he's from Southwest Mississippi. Whole bunch of people saying hello. So thank you, everybody, for being on. Make sure you go to the Mr. Bash channel for sure over here. Over here because it's backwards for me. And uh, subscribe and do all that. However, so let's get into it. Did you do your homework first and foremost? I did do some homework. Uh... (laughs) Look at that. That looked like you were not telling the truth. I did uh, not fart. Uh, <laughs> I did some homework. Uh, I my problem is I waited till the last day to do it. So that's all right. Today we're going to talk about the top ten professional fishermen. You have your list. I have my list. Yep. Yep. Let me just say right off the bat, no one's list is wrong. <laughs> right. No one's list is wrong. But we want to hear who your list is. Now I have a couple people that uh I have two people that started us off Booster and Jim Richard both email or they commented so I know theirs so I'll talk I'll tell I might start with theirs and then I'll we I'll tell can you one thing about old, old Booster man he is a he is a YouTube creator's dream 
because uh, I know he's one of your subscribers that came over and joined my channel, sub to my channel after we started getting together. And that guy, there he is, his dog ate it, right? He watches all the videos. He participates. You know, he comes on the live chats and he has good content that he participates in the comments. And then every video, it looks like he watches and he leaves really good comments too, man. And I really appreciate that. He, he, he's just an awesome subscriber. Uh, if you're a YouTube creator, man, a guy like Booster is, is, you know, it's a dream for, for me. So he, so, so Booster's, Booster came over to the house. He, he was going to watch a rocket launch. I invited him over. He knows way too much. I love him to death. That man knows wait. He knows <laughs> he knows like the the back end business of lures. So awesome. he, I, I drove him up. He met my little boy, um, and then um, I took him over to the private pond. And then you know he, we fished. I, we didn't even get to fish very long, but I'm like, I'll be honest. I said to him, "Look, I'm little hammers making fun of me." I said. Put on a lizard. Just do me a favor. Put on a lizard. I'm not. I'm not. T I'm not telling you wrong here. He's like, I am gonna fish this. I'm gonna do this. I'm, I'm like, okay. I'm just telling you. I'm just giving you a helpful hint. <laughs> we had an absolute bass. I am not. I kicked his ass. <laughs> but I said, awesome. just do me a favor. Just, just do this. You know. So I'm looking forward to actually. I'm hoping that I have a trip kind of somewhat planned with a couple pros and I'm hoping that he can come down uh, from, I think he's in Georgia and come down and participate hopefully because we we both want to cool. go fish the headwaters and I have a friend that said, you know, come on with me, you know, blah, blah, blah. So it's, it's in the works. Sweet. So it's a, it's a good one too, for sure. So, uh, Eric said something. Eric, sorry, don't have a top 10 favorite fisherman. Only have a favorite two, and that's Mr. Bass and Get Your Fish On. I will say, kissing ass will get you a lot in this oh, in, on this channel. It will. It will. Great. Awesome, Eric. You're the man. Uh, that's for sure. So um, let me go through boosters first and then gyms, and then okay. we'll go through. Let's go through ours after that. Is, will that work? Yeah, that sounds great. Okay, so for Booster, here's his, he, he says, phew, here's my list. Not for him at all, all time. Roland Martin, KVD, Rick Clun, Larry Nixon, Bill Dance, Denny Brower, Jacob Wheeler, Jimmy Houston, Hank Parker, and David Dudley. Oh, David Dudley. I, I texted, I, I'll be honest, I texted David Dudley that someone nominated him for the top 10. That's true story. <laughs> Jim yeah. Richards put uh, Rick Klun, KVD, Roland Martin, Bill Dance, Denny Brower, Hank Parker, Larry Nixon, Aaron Martins, Skeet Reese, and Gary Klein. Uh-huh. Okay. Now, I'm sure we have some that are the same. Yeah. I've got a lot of similarities with those guys. Okay, I would love to hear yours, and at the same, if if there's someone that we agree that I have on my list, I'll once you tell me why you think they're they're on theirs, and then I'll say, oh no, he's on my list too, and here's why I put him on. Is that okay? okay. Yeah, that's great. Now this is in no particular order. Let's make sure okay. that's clear. I'm going to give a caveat here. 
Mine is in no particular order except for number one. Mine too. I have a number one that I think hands down is number one, and I'll explain my thinking behind it. When you, you know, this is subjective, obviously, and it's just for fun, and it's mm -hmm. not really uh, making a statement, good or bad, about whether I like an angler or anything like that. It's yes. just. It's just looking at what I think the evidence shows, and it, it's hard to do. It's very hard to say uh, uh, best angler of all time for a couple of reasons. One is time has not ended yet, okay? Mm -hmm. And Jacob Wheeler, I think, is one of those guys that ultimately might prove to be the very best at some point. But I think he's still got – there's still time out there that he's got to prove uh, and then you've got a guy like, say, Bill Dance or um, Roland Martin, who their career, their fishing career is technically over. Yes. Uh, and, and so and so and then you've got the old timers versus kind of the mid group versus the brand new guys. Yes. And can you really compare them against each other? I think that's very, very hard to do because the uh, the the pro fishing world of Roland Martin is 180 degrees different than the pro world of Jacob Wheeler is today. I agree. And, and, and so it's like comparing apples to oranges, quite frankly. So when I was going through this, I asked myself as of today, uh, entire body of work, who do I think is the best? And there are some guys that are still young that probably are better fishermen than maybe some of these older time guys even. But I didn't put them on the list because I think they still they've still got a ton of career left, and I think they've still got a, a lot more to prove, even though they've made some amazing inroads up to yeah. this point. So for me, my number one all time pro fisherman is still Kevin Van Dam. I think I he's the best. Um, if you look at his, there, there's several things going on here. One is incredibly long career you take a guy like hank parker uh hank parker maybe could have had as good a record as kvd but he quit you know after i don't know like 10 12 years he just quit you know and, and decided i'm going to be at home with family and he had enough business things in place that he didn't need to keep fishing tournaments what if he'd fished for 25 or 30 years you know like a, a kvd uh boy, it really makes you wonder. KVD right now has got, been a pro for 31 years, I believe. He's got uh, 121 top tens, I think. Now, my my numbers might be a little off, but uh, I think you're I think you're dead on. 121 top tens, and he's got 28 major wins. Hmm. We're not talking even opens. We're talking. Elite level tournaments, 28 of them. He's won the classic. Yeah, four times he's won the classic. He's won AOI. Let me see here. One, two, three, four. Six angler of the years. Six, I've got seven here. I've got seven time AOI. Is it? And four classics. According to Bass Fan, you can you can look this stuff up on Bass Fan. Yeah, I mean the dude's an animal, and people might say, "Well, he's uh, Wheeler's kicking his butt right now." Okay, 
but 121 top tens, 28 majors. Here's the other thing that I think uh, I've got a stat here for the top money makers. See if I can find this real quick. He he is so far. <laughs> ab- I mean, there, there's nobody even even. I mean, not even. It's it's insane. He has won almost seven million dollars in tournament winnings. Yeah. Dang. I hope I can find this. I think he's three million above uh, second place. Yeah, and the next closest guy. Yeah, it's like barely four million. He he's dominated. Uh, in every area, not just fishing, but in in tournament winnings, and then of course you you don't ever know as far as uh, private uh, sponsorship money, but he's do- he's got to have dominated that as well his whole career. So, to me, there is no question he is by far the number one angler of all time. I, uh, I agree completely. Uh, there'll be there are some people say some people have say Roland Martin over him. Bob Witt said mm-hmm. Bob Witt. Well, mm-hmm. let me let me just say Shannon Kirby said Edwin Evers, Otto Foe, Greg Hackney, Mark Rose, Jacob Wheeler, Skeet Reese, Jimmy Houston, Aaron Martins, and Gary Klein. He didn't even put KVD in there. Hold on, let me make sure that was right. <laughs> Shannon, what the heck are you thinking? <laughs> I'm, I'm joking, of course. Bob Witt says. And he has them in order. Scott Martin, Jimmy Houston, David Fritz, Larry Nixon, Jacob Wheeler, Bill Dance, Denny Brower, KVD at three, Rick Clun, Roland Martin. Wow. Uh, wow. Matthew said my Thanks. list would be Roland Martin, KVD, Jimmy Houston, Chris Aldane, Ott Defoe, Edwin Evers, Bill Dance, Rick Clun, Mike Iaconelli, and Scott Martin. And then, uh, and then Hank Snow said... Uh, KVD, Rick Clun, Rick, uh, Roland Martin, Bill Dance, Denny Brower, Hank Parker, Aaron Martins, Larry Nixon, Jacob Wheeler, and Mark Davis. And 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 Shannon said, you said 10. So, oh, hold on. Let me put, I can add these. Why am I reading these when they, I can just put them on the screen? What a dumbass I am. Uh, <laughs> so, yes. Yeah. I, I agree completely. In terms of people being in this industry for this long. I'll be honest, Kevin Van Dam's one of the best people to interview um, when he has yes. time. Now, he is continuously busy, but good dude, great father, uh, fantastic husband. Um, he loves his boys. He loves those two boys, man, I can tell you that. They, he was he was so proud when both those when they graduated and both went to college. It was that was one of the things uh, that he and I have talked about. I, I saw him years ago at the classic, and he was he was rolling up his boat and he's like, "Chabin, come help me!" And I'm like, "Okay, uh, you know whatever you need." <laughs> and then I think I came over, kissed his feet, and then did whatever he asked me to do. That's a joke, though. <laughs> one of the best guys, yes. th- probably the busiest man uh, in bass fishing. Probably yes. the busiest and, man. And, and really, this is why I really think. That right now in his career, I think he's spending way more time and energy working on promoting and helping build the major league fishing business and working for his sponsors and less time fishing. And I really think if he were putting 100% effort into his fishing the way he did, you know, 10 years ago, that he would probably be dominating the major league fishing right now. It's just, uh, it's a lower priority for him. I, I mean, I'm speaking for him, obviously I'm, I'm just guessing, but 
I really think the fishing itself, he loves and he want, loves to compete and he loves to do that, but he doesn't get any time to practice and prepare the way most of his competition does. He's just so. I, I think that I think his fire still burns like anybody out there. He he really yeah. does want to win. I think though he, he now has a lot more uh, priorities or sponsorship priorities that never had happened years ago. Uh, I think that nowadays, I think if you've ever been fishing with, because I've been on the boat with Kevin, the one problem that fishing with Kevin that nobody else has to deal with on the face of the earth is when you're on his boat, there's 40 to 50 people following you. Yeah, and everywhere he goes. Everywhere. And not only does he have to fish, but he has to tell people where he's going next. So he has to... Yeah. He's the only person that has to has to crowd maintenance as he's trying to yeah. catch fish, and I think that yeah, probably I, has I a little bit to do with classic. it. Yeah, I was at a classic one time, and I just couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe all the boats following him everywhere. Yeah, it was just insane. I mean, and and he's just as cool as a cucumber. He doesn't let it upset him. It, it, it it's it's pretty amazing. Yeah, he, you know, I, the go, money thing though. It, to me, is one of the criteria, but it's definitely not the only criteria. And so, you know, like uh, I, I thought the David Dudley thing was interesting. Is David Dudley a hammer? Absolutely. He's an amazing angler. Absolutely. And believe it or not, he is number two of, of the all time. According to Field and Stream, there's an article. You can go look it up, guys. It's a pretty good article uh, by Field and Stream, and it's called Meet the 10 Highest Earners in Professional Bass Fishing. And it was written uh, just about a year ago. So as of a year ago, uh, David Dudley was actually number two behind KVD. KVD was six point eight million. David Dudley four million. Yeah, yeah. And David then, Dudley's a fantastic angler, and and he's won a lot. You know, he's yeah. won uh, he, angler he, of the years. Yeah, he he really has. So you you can't. He's not a bad selection by any means. Um, he, he, he'd be hard to argue with. Who do you think is number three of all-time money winners behind Dudley? Uh, I would think it'd be kind of, this one. Kind of surprised me as well. Uh, I think would, I thought it was Skeet Reese. Is it Skeet Reese? Think Robo Worm. Is it? Well, Aaron Martin's on my top ten. <laughs> Aaron Martin's. He's number three. Three million seven ninety-five. So just under four million. Uh. Pretty and impressive. one of the smartest people you could ever meet about fishing. I know it. He, he's 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 a he's like a scientist, a fish scientist. Well, I mean, you only get like fifteen minutes of greatness, and then a bird will fly by, and he'll talk about that bird. Then you'll get that <laughs> bird for fifteen minutes, and then fifteen more minutes of greatness. Um, yeah, Aaron's one of he's the also, best guys in the whole world. He's also really handling this cancer thing. And, and just amazing. It's just amazing to watch him deal with that adversity. Uh, and just, just really, he is a top notch guy and he's definitely someone, uh, that, that young aspiring English should look up to for sure. Yeah. Okay. I'm so going to run through, I'm going to run through these other top 10 earners just for the fun of it. Cause it's so interesting to me real quick. And then we can get back on track here. Number four is Greg Hackney, 3.7 million. Wow. Number five is Edwin Evers. That doesn't surprise 6, me. 
3.6 million. Number six is Rick Klun, 3.4 million. Then Skeet Reese at 3.4. Then Mike Iaconelli at 3.1. Then Alton Jones, 3 million. That wow. kind of surprised me. That one surprises me. Yeah, it did me too. And then uh, number 10, Scott Martin, 2.96 million. And probably made that much on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. The guy, he, he, interesting, several of these guys are also amazing marketers as well. Yeah. But anyway, that's your top money earners. And I had, of that list, I had two of those guys. On, no, I think I had three. I had three of those guys on my top ten. So, anyway, so number one, I got KVD. Number two, I've got Rick Clun. And again, this kind of these can kind of interchange, but I really feel like he is in the top tier. Top, he's he's either number two, number three, number four, somewhere around in there for a couple of reasons. His stats are insane. Mm -hmm. One of his stats that nobody even mentions is how many years the I don't have it, but he's he's. He, he he's he's just he's like the energized our bunny. He just goes and goes and goes and goes and and he's he's got to be the oldest guy on tour fishing, I would think. And he's fished four hundred and seventy two tournaments. Mm -hmm. He's he's been to thirty two classics, and he's won four classics. He's been and, and get this. Think of this. He's fished 472 tournaments. And how many times do you think he's been in the money in 472 tournaments? 306 times. 64% <laughs> of his tournaments, he cashes a check. 64%. That is insane. I, I mean, it's just mind blowing to be in the money almost 65% of the time. Mm -hmm. But, you know, because he's kind of older and he's not had, you know, the last five years or six, seven, eight years has not been uh, constantly winning. I think people kind of just forget this dude dominated, has dominated this sport for years and years and years. He's had 16 first places, 14 second places, 12 third places. 123 top 10s. 25% of all of his tournaments he's been in the top 10. Mm -hmm. And I think and he we're was We're not talking we're not talking coffee can tournaments here. No. We're talking major elite tournaments. 25% he's been in the top 10. 200 of his tournaments, 192 he's been in the top 20. And 245 he's been in the top 30. It's yeah. in Insane. And he's another guy like Aaron Martins. We want to talk about insanely. I mean, he's just analyzing everything about fishing. He's a fish scientist. You know, he's he's amazing. He 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 really is. And you know, he just won, was it like two years ago? He he won an elite event. Yeah. Three years ago. In, so, in over here in Palatka. He, he, yeah, the, I was there covering it. The five bass he brought in the last day, you know, they have those giant bags. Yeah. 
so they had a, a, a place for media to go in. I think I, Mike and I were the only media people that were there. He had a, he brought his boat in, says hello. He's like, hey, Steve, blah, 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 blah. He opens up the bag and he starts shoving these fish in. The He had so many fish. So much pounds of fish that final day, the bag, the fish's heads were sticking out and tails were hanging out because they were so big. He had like 30, I think he had 33 or 34 pounds on the final day. And it was like, wow. oh my gosh, it, it was awesome. He's on my, he, now I will be honest, is he in the top 10? He's in my top 10 for sure, but he's in my top 10 because he's a legend and an icon in the industry. When they start talking about, there was a, a rumor last year that Bass was actually thinking about giving him a legendary exemption because he didn't qualify to make the the classic, and having him inside the classic meant more people would show up. You yeah, right. you are in the top ten. You are an icon. Then, I mean, it yeah. kind of sucks he didn't qualify, but they were still trying to make it so there was a way for him to get into this year's classic. And that's yep. just unbelievable. Four classic championships, 32 classic appearances, and he just he's just everything. He's he's an icon. He's an icon. So yeah. I'm right with yeah. you. We're two for two here. Absolutely. Okay, my number three is Roland Martin. Roland Martin's and, on my list too. And again, he's just he dominated for so long. And a lot of guys don't even remember because I think his last tournament was what in the late 80s or early 90s. I don't even know when it was. I read it somewhere recently, but he hasn't really fished a major tournament in in a lot of young fans' lifetime. So it's easy to kind of overlook him, I think. But you can't overlook the fact that the guy he, he's fished so many tournaments, 306 total tournaments. He was in 25 classics. And he's in the money 30% of the time. Uh, 100, well, more than that, 193 out of 306. But see, just compare that to Rick Clun. Rick Clun's been in the money 65% of the time, where Roland's been in. So there, I guess they're right there. 19 first place finishes, 19 second place finishes. Six third place, 102 top 10. So literally 33% of his tournaments, he's been in the top 10. 143 top 20s, 168 top 30s. He And I read, I read quite a few articles about him during, while I was kind of researching this today. And when, during his, you know, his heyday, he, he just, he was crushing everybody. He, he, if you fished against him, he was going to beat you. Mm -hmm. And he really had that reputation of just crushing the competition. He was named now, one, a few years ago. He was named the greatest angler in a survey. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I, Booster said it was on Jay Kumar's thing uh, on ESPN. So, I mean, he, I read an article and it was a really good article at on BASS about him. And the guy on there called him the most dominant anger angler, not the best angler. Yeah. Uh, and that's kind of, maybe that's semantics, but, uh, in any case, he's definitely got to be in your top 10. He's got to, I'd say he's got to be in your top five, but he's definitely in the top 10. He's yeah, he's, for sure. He's, he's a pioneer. 
and he's 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 amazing. I, I'm right with you. We're three for three. We agree on this so far. Now, what's interesting is there when you get these older guys, their career winnings are so low just because those tournaments didn't pay jack. Yeah, ten thousand know? dollars. Some yeah, of them were one thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah. So his his lifetime career winnings is only barely a million dollars. Yeah, but that's why I think the number the, the the dollar thing is is subjective, really. Yeah, you can't really you can't really go other than Kevin Van Dam. You can't really go by right. money that's earnings. Right. Kevin Van Dam, you can because he's been in this for thirty years, and just from day one, he's he's been one of the most dominant anglers. Of all time, that's right. And There's and you want to know it isn't just it isn't even just domination in professional fishing. He puts his name to something, that thing sells. Yeah, um, yeah that's a, that's a whole different criteria. But it, you're I right. know. I mean, it's part of it. It's definitely part of it. Okay, number four for you, or w- the next one. Maybe that's the best way to put it. Yeah, the next one I had was Bill Dance. Yeah, Daddy. Yeah. And, you know, Bill Dance, he was one of the very first ones to get in the uh, the Game Fishing, Bass Fishing Hall of Fame. He's been he's in the Game Fishing Hall of Fame, the Freshwater Hall of Fame, the Bass Fishing Hall of Fame. He's He caught the very first bass in BASS history. Uh, and, and it's pretty interesting because very first tournament, he literally went straight off the ramp and and stopped and cast and caught a fish and he caught that fish before a lot of guys had even taken off mm-hmm. so he's he's another one where if he had fished for as many years as kvd there's no telling what what he could have done but you know his tv show became so popular and i i guess he made a business decision at some point that he was just gonna not fish tournaments anymore but he had three AOIs. He he won a ton of tournaments, and uh, he 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 was another one of those guys that if he was fishing, he you had to watch him. He was probably going to win. And as you've told me, he's he's like the number one most influential angler when it comes to sales and marketing, right? Yeah, there's there's nobody who sells a product. There's no one even close. I'm not no offense to KVD. You can put Bill Dance on the lure and you put KVD on the lure and like 70% of the people will buy it because Bill Dance says it. Yeah, yeah. And which is why as an 80-year-old man, he still you still see him on all kinds of products all over Bass Pro Shops and everywhere else you go. He's the most he's recognizable professional angler on the face of the earth. That's right. I'd say he is, and that's why you can't ignore him. I mean, and he's got the fishing record to back it up, but I think he's got to be in the top 10 talk for sure. For sure. I'm with uh, you there on the, that one. Okay, the next one I had was Hank Parker. I have him on my list too. And he's another one that he made a family decision to stop fishing uh, really, at, at, when he was kind of at the pinnacle of his career, and the guy, whew, his record's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. And yep. I, 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 he's another one of those, as a fishing fan, I say to myself, man, what if he had fished 30 years? Mm-hmm. How many more tournaments would this guy have won? Um, 
he he won two Bassmaster Classics. There's only four people. I, I'm pretty sure I got this right. There's four anglers that have won more than one. Rick Klund, KVD, um, uh, Hank Parker, and our uh, our Auburn boy. Um, yeah, Jordan Lee. <laughs> yeah, Jordan Lee. The, the, to my knowledge, there's only four that have won more than one classic. That's an, an incredible achievement in and of itself. Uh, but he's got two classics under his belt, and he's uh, um, he he's the one he's the first one that they say won the Grand Slam of competitive bass fishing. Uh, of course, this was back then. We don't even consider this to be the you know I don't. I, the term Grand Slam of competitive bass fishing, I, I, I'm really not that familiar with. But in his day, back in 1983, it was the Classic, the AOI, and the BASS Super Bass Tournament. Yep. He won all three of them, uh, so he was the first one to do that. Uh, the trifecta. So Hank Parker cashed in 75% of every tournament he ever fished in. And that is just an amazing, amazing stat. I've got 76%, according to his Wikipedia page. Hank fished in the money 76% of BASS tournaments. And, and, and that's why... That alone, that's mind-boggling. Imagine three out of every four tournaments, you, you make a check? Yeah. Why would you stop? <laughs> I know. I mean, you know, it wasn't about... The, what You know, who knows why he stopped, but... The coolest thing about great. him, about Hank Parker, and I think it says this on his Wikipedia. I don't know this for sure because I didn't look at Wikipedia. He attempted to qualify from the NASCAR Bush Series. Yeah. Yeah, that is right. It's, it's I mean, who, do, who? what professional fisherman thinks, oh, yeah, I think I can drive with, with Jeff Gordon and those guys. I mean, yeah. really, come on. The balls you yeah. got to have to do that is ridiculous. No doubt. No doubt. He's an interesting dude, you know. He is an interesting dude. Um, I think I've only interviewed Hank one time. Do you know that? Really? I th really? That's one of the few people I have a hard time getting in touch with. Interesting. Okay, next person. Okay, now my next few are going... This is where I think my tipping point is going to be where I start to have people really disagree with me. I mean, there's going to be portions that absolutely do agree. And there's going to be others that think I'm nuts here. Uh, and part of this is because I'm looking at the whole overall record. And, and right off the bat, I, you're going to notice I, don't, I have very few what you might call current anglers that are actually fishing now. Yeah. i got KVD in there. And I've got one or two more. But that's it. And the reason is, is because I've, I'm saying... Best of all time, and I really think these young guys that are probably going to pass the some of these guys, they're going to pass some of these guys in their career. I just don't think they're there yet. So my next one, and to tell you the truth, this guy was not on my initial list. It wasn't until I started examining stats, fish tournament stats, that I decided to put him in, Jimmy Houston. Now, some guys would say absolutely Jenny Houston, but I know there's other guys who say no way. But when you really look at his stats and compare it to the other turn tournament fishermen out there, I think you, it's easy to make a case that he could be in the top 10 and probably should be. He fished 246 total tournaments, 15 classics, 
He also, in the money, 113 out of 246 times. That's a very large figure. Um, 44 top 10s, 77 top 20s, 108 top 30s. And he's another one of these marketing genius guys, I'd say. I mean, he's done very well financially, and he's he's had a, a lot of um, loyal companies that have supported him over the years. And, he, and, and the only reason they would do that is he's making them money. Yes. And then uh, he's into quite a YouTuber as well now. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, I think he qualifies. I, I mean, I, I think you could probably uh, you could probably put enough other guys in the top ten where he might get squeezed out, but uh, he's he's in my top ten. Yeah, not in my right. top ten. Okay, but I there's another I, one that may not. He's on my notables. That's the God's honest truth. All right, here's another one that may not be in your top ten. He definitely was not in my top ten until I started really digging through the numbers. Jay Ellis. Yes. And Great I guarantee you there's guys that are saying, what are you talking about? Uh, we haven't seen a lot with him lately, even though he is still fishing uh, pro tournaments. He's been a pro for 34 years, so three years longer than KVD. Um, he has been in uh, 75 top 10s. 75 top 10s. That's pretty impressive. He's had five wins. He's won 2.42 million. He um, he won a classic. Mm-hmm. I think that's important. Uh, he's, he's fished 16 classics. And he also fished 11 Forestwood Cups. Yep. He also, and this is another big critical uh, component, I think, to um, deciding whether a guy really qualifies for the top 10. He has won AOI, let's see, FLW AOI twice, Bassmaster AOI once, and then, of course, the champion, uh, the, the classic champion once. And the AOI is very, very hard to do, especially to do it three different times. Yep. Um, so I, I feel like his record is what sets him apart. Is he super flashy? Is he super commercial? Is he no? Um, but but he he is a stick, and I think he's one of the very best sticks out there. Although he wasn't on my initial list which is interesting. In fact, several of these were not on my initial list, to tell you the truth. It wasn't until I started digging in that I started changing my mind. Jay Ellis, great angler, fantastic angler. Didn't make my list, but I have I probably have some newer school people on mine. Yeah, yeah, right. But I think we agree on one person for sure. So that's all right. That's what this is about. This is about a this is a, yep. a friendly debate, and that's what everyone should be. Uh, by the way, we should everyone. If you want to put your top ten on the chat, I will post it on there and also tell what it is. We actually, I we had a really funny comment. I I got to find it and put it back up there. Somebody somebody said I didn't know that Scott. Oh, here it is, John Smith. I did not know that Scott and Roland Martin were related for a long time until I saw a video of them fishing together. Best comment of the <laughs> night so far. That's interesting. So everyone put That's your thing crazy. up. 
put your your top ten on there and and tell us who you think yours at. Okay, next for you. And you Who's, know Scott Scott Martin's not on my top ten, but not you know, mine he, either. He's one that he's one that people could argue. I definitely think he's in the top twenty, probably or twenty five. Oh, for sure. But but uh, he's not my top ten. Okay, here's one that was definitely not on my top ten at first, and and same thing. It when I really started looking at the numbers. Uh, the the money he's earned plus his tournament record it really kind of blew me away and that's Mike Iaconelli. Mm-hmm. Uh, now some guys just don't like Iaconelli, but I'm not one of those. Uh, but he's the only angler to have won the Bassmaster Classic and AOI and Bass Nation Championship. Yep. Uh, he's got a total of 251 tournaments under his belt. He's been in 20 classics and he's won a classic. Mm-hmm. He's been in the money 173 out of 251 times. That's also a huge percentage. He's got 68 top 10s, 111 top 20s, 131 top 30s, and these, of course, are all elite-level tournaments. And if you go over to Major League Fishing stats, uh, they combine all of his winnings, $3.207 million in winnings. And I would also say he has got to be the top, if not one of the very top, right there with KVD as far as money earners total when you compare tournament winnings and sponsorship dollars. For sure. He is a businessman like he's in the top one or two. You know, he just really is. He's amazing. Yeah. He was in my top 10. I moved him out today for one person. Okay. I'll tell you that later. All right. I've only got two left here. Okay. Next is, and this is one that I really waffled on. I, I, I'm still not 100% sold on this, but I'm going to go with it anyway. Gary Klein. Okay. Uh. Gary Klein's been a professional fisherman for 40 years. Yep. Uh, he's uh, been the AOI twice. He's had 10 tour level wins, uh, 94 top 10s, and 161 top 20s. I don't know how many classics he's been in because I couldn't find that information readily. But... When you compare him to the others, statistically, I think you can definitely make a case that he could, should probably be in the top 10. He's not my favorite choice by any means, and I could easily, someone could easily persuade me to to probably swap him out with someone else. But I think after 40 years of consistently competing, you can't really ignore that fact. And then, of course, now he's a major influencer in the tournament fishing world by being one of the co-founders of major league fishing. Mm -hmm. And that does matter. I actually had two other guys that are, that that were fishermen, but weren't what you'd call just lights out tournament fishing that were probably kind of on my honoree list that could also be argued as part of the top 10 anglers. If you ask yourself, as part of the definition uh, of the top 10 anglers, their influence on the sport. And there are, there are guys that were professional bass fishermen that, that, you know, for whatever reason, maybe didn't have 
incredible careers number wise, but they did so much to move the sport forward, like Forrest Wood, uh, you know, um, Ray Scott, and uh, others out there. I didn't put them on my list, but they they definitely could be in there if you're if you're not talking just tournament winning bass fishermen. Both those because, guys are on my list. Okay, great. And and I I don't I don't say they shouldn't be. I and that's why I brought them up. They're kind of on my honoree list for sure. Yeah. Because uh what they did for the sport, you just can't you can't argue it, you know. Yeah. Okay, who's your last only, person? My last person and I kind of do this with some reservation because I still think he's dominating right now, but does he have a long enough record at the moment to really be considered in the top 10 still probably not even though he's the dominant guy right now jacob wheeler i agree i put him in there because he's the dominant guy right now he does out of out of uh his 35 top 10s he's won 10 of them i know so i mean <laughs> that's insane and this dude just he can win any circuit, any format. I mean, everything that you, when you look at him, everything about him tells you he's going to be one of the greatest. He is going to be one of the greatest of all time. I still think it's probably a little too early to say he's in the top 10, but I put him in the top 10 anyway, just because of the way he's dominating like crazy right now. I, I agree with you completely on Wheeler. I think Wheeler's I don't think I think Wheeler in his first seven years. There's only been one person who's been more dominant in the first seven years, and that was Kevin Van Dam. And Wheeler's done yeah. better than Kevin Van Dam in his first seven years of that's right. being a that's professional right. angler. So that's it's like what Wheeler's done is ridiculous. But Wheeler's doing it on a different level because of electronics and things like that. Yeah. That yeah, I actually think that Wheeler probably will end up being in that goat conversation with kvd but i don't i while kevin van dam does is fantastic on his his sonars and all that other stuff forward facing sonar jacob wheeler does it 10 times what kvd is doing and not only that if jacob wheeler stays on the trajectory he's been on for 10 years now uh guess what he's gonna make more money over time than kvd ever did in his career for he's, sure he's, he's gonna surpass him uh but but he's still got a long way to go i mean 2.37 versus it's almost seven million bucks that's you know almost a five million dollar differential there yeah but the dude the dude's in, he's insane he he is he is just like roger says he's a phenomenon he, he's unbelievable he's yeah. really unbelievable uh no doubt so all right, okay. so let's hear let's hear yours. So I had Kevin Van Dam, I had Jacob Wheeler, I had Forrest Wood, and the reason I had Forrest mm -hmm. Wood is because he was the you know he started Ranger Boats, founder of the FLW yes. Tour, outdoor legend, and really bass fishing wouldn't be bass fishing without Forrest Wood. So I totally agree. I uh, totally agree. I had Ray Scott too, um, because he founded Bass. Uh, he introduced catch and release in bass fishing tournaments. I have one of his books right over there that he autographed to me, and then he autographed one for Thomas, uh, Bass Boss, which is a fantastic book. And uh, it, more importantly, he made all the anglers wear a kill switch. 
and, oh, and wow. it's little things that he's done for the for the bass fishing community that I just think are I just think you got to have them. I'd Bill Dance on yep. my list for sure. Yep. I'd Rick Clun, Hank Parker. This one's gonna surprise you. Um, I had Ott Defoe in my top ten. Wow, that does surprise me. He won again today. He's won Did the he? Red Crest. He's won a Bassmaster yeah. Classic Championship. Yeah, yeah. He's mm-hmm. he's he's checked off everything. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. to be honest, he gets a little extra love because he's my boy. Uh, he kicked Mike Iaconelli off the list today. To be honest, today. Okay. Okay. Uh, and then I had Roland Martin, and then my last one is Aaron Martins. I I mean, he's had three Angler of the Year awards. He's here's here's one. He's in 241 tournaments. He's won. He's been in the money 183 times. Yeah, yeah. Nine could, first places, easily... 71 top tens, three million in earnings, four time runner up at the classic. And if he is healthy, he can kick your butt anywhere in the country fishing. Yeah, I I uh, I agree with you. I had him on my runner up list, and I really waffled between him and Gary Klein and I you know you could talk to me about another 30 seconds and I probably would take Gary Klein off and put Aaron in his place <laughs> you know I mean it's that it's that close you know uh he he's he's dominant he's Aaron amazing. is amazing and <laughs> and just think how different it would be you know he had that run of second place finishes just it was insane how many second places he had, and if he had won those, oh my goodness, his his numbers would be even more astronomical. Yeah, it, it's just amazing. I had three people that were notables. I don't think we're anywhere without Doug Hannon. I know that sounds weird. Yeah, uh, that's an interesting one. I, I he, I wonder how many guys even know who he is on on here. But you are right, man. Uh, the old professor. I that, used to have him on guy, the show all the time. Yeah, before he passed, he, he he's. I I just watched one of his videos the other day. I mean, the, the it's terrible on the TV. The photography. I mean, you know, it's just so bad. But the 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 content is great. It's Unbelievable. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah, that's an interesting one to be on there. I I like that. I like that pick actually. So then my other two were Denny Brower and La- and Larry Nixon. I think both those guys. Easily could yeah. fit in the top ten. Um, yep. Anywhere could yep. k- probably kick a couple people out, but overall, I think I think that is it. Now, if you had to go top four, the four yeah. on the Mount Rushmore, I, do yes. we agree on Kevin Van Dam as on on that Absolutely. list? Yes, for sure. Here's where it gets fun. Where do we go? Where do we go next? I I think we both could probably agree. Bill Dance. Yes, I would agree with that. He's in the top four. I I think so, too. Here's where it gets weird. I kind of feel like Rick Clun should be in that top four. He's in mine. He is in mine. I don't think you can... Rick Clun is just... I know you you have this what has he done for me lately kind of mentality. Yeah. You know, he's getting older. But if you look at what he did... Even just winning two years ago, he won a tournament. It was the oldest per- person to ever win a Bassmaster Elite tournament when he won at Palatka. And he didn't just win. He flat out killed it. I mean, it was awesome to watch. Yeah. Yeah. 
and I and I'm and I'm telling you, uh, trying to do something at age seventy, anything at age seventy is so much harder than at age thirty or even age forty. I mean, you know, I'm not seventy yet, but I'm I'm just telling you. It's an amazing accomplishment to continue to be able to compete the way he does at his age. And then now, almost nobody can do that. Almost no one can do that. You, you know, Denny Brower, you know, is back. He he would still be fishing today if 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 he didn't have so many back problems. I agree. But yeah. th- this is what this is what happens. You know, you get older and your body just can't keep up. And uh, he's he's defying the odds. He really is. And then my last one. He's definitely one, in my top four. And my last one on my Rushmore would be, as everyone keeps mentioning, Roland Martin. I don't think you can take Mine away too. anything from Roland Martin. I got the exact same top four as yeah. you do. Yeah. Booster said Andy Morgan dominated FLW the last four years before FLW went uh, up. Andy Morgan's absolutely retarded yeah. good. He is re unbelievable good. Um. Yeah, I agree. I mean, see, see, here's a. So I'm gonna I'm gonna stir the pot here, and I apologize right now. The problem, hmm, I don't know how to say this without being really uh, smarty pants. Uh, the one thing about the separation for me for FLW and Bass is a big difference especially before FLW got purchased by Major League Fishing. As a media person, FLW was, you know, down here and Bass was way up here. The mm-hmm. the anglers that were on the Elite series were noticeably more successful than a majority of the FLW guys. No offense to David Dudley, but David wasn't getting the respect that he deserved because he fished FLW. And so that's a that's kind of a little somewhat of a minor problem for me. If that makes yeah, any sense. Yeah, I mean that there's there's truth to that. There there has always been this kind of stigma as it relates to the FLW guys that they're just not the elites. BASS is the elites. Yes. You know, um, you can argue the point either way because there's definitely sticks that fish the FLW that, that came over to BASS and they competed just fine. They even yes. won. You know, Jacob Wheeler started in FLW, you know, and so, but, but you're right. There, there's, it's hard to argue that point. So here's another, this was going to be another topic for the day. And I, and I just want to hear your opinion because I have talked to a couple people about this when major league fishing started major league fishing, you know, like 60, 65 anglers left bass to go to major league fishing. And then some left FLW to go to major league fishing too, that were invited. But yep. We've seen a new crop of anglers winning on the elites that never remotely had a chance at winning when those major league fishing anglers were there. That's yeah. the that's the truth. 
as they might not, some of these guys might not like to hear that. And this is not against anybody. There's no, there's really no disrespect, but there, there's been a few guys that have won that never even remotely came close to winning and now have, have won tournaments because these 65 anglers, 80 anglers left. Yes. I, I should get my notes out. Cause it, there was, there's a question in here. Hold on. Well, you, you've put a thought in my head, which is, which I think kind of supports your theory too, about, uh, the, the elites, the, the elites that left BASS to go to MLF. We've got four key guys that have returned to the elites now. And what are they doing? Since dominated. They showed up. They've dominated. Complete, complete and total domination. They have. Uh, uh, uh you know, there's a reason for that. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> it's just, it is, uh, my it's question very, is, very interesting. if MLF didn't exist, would some of these guys actually win? Because, I mean, they'd be going against, you know, the Kevin Van Dams, the Jacob Wheelers, the Edwin Evers, the Otta Foes, the these guys, they'd be going against Jordan yeah. Lee. I mean, Jordan Lee won two classics. Yeah. He's no slouch yeah. by any means. Yeah. Um, but then there's some other guys. So there's some of the guys from... That came down from Canada. The I don't know their their names right off the top. Of my the I don't know their names, but they're, they're all the. I'm not saying this isn't taking away from anybody who's on the elites that are that are fantastic anglers. They'll kill me any day. But I, I mean, would some of these guys actually yeah. win? I don't think so. I, I I agree with you. I I think there. I don't know how many there are in in this group. But there is a pretty good number of anglers that they could not, they just couldn't hang with the big dogs that left the elites and went over to, to MLF. I mean, that is a Johnson real Brothers. true statement. Yeah. It's an absolutely true statement. It's funny because I had a conversation with, I, I was going to invite somebody on the show. And, and I think he'll, this person will probably be our first guest. And, I, and I'll talk to you later about it. So it's not out here. But, okay. um, he and I talked about it for like two hours one day and it was like, really it's, it's nothing against the lead anglers, but when, you know, you invite, you invite Scott Canterbury from FLW, who, who is a fantastic angler, the, Scott Canterbury yep. can flat out fish, but you invite him from FLW and the first year he comes into the elites and these are the elites and he kicks everybody's ass and becomes angler of the year. I'm like, what is going on here? How is this possible? How, how did this guy, no offense yeah, to him, how did yeah. this guy win? Yeah. yeah. There, okay, so I can, I'll can i tell a story about Scott Canterbury. So Palatka was his first event, I don't even know, two years ago, two or three years ago. So Scott had a great first day, and he came off the stage, and Mercer was giving me a hard time because he was uh, he was not happy with me saying how much I thought Bass was in trouble. I don't you know who cares about that. But Scott came off the, the the stage and I'm like, hey, dude, I want to, you know, I kind of raised my hand at my friends and kind of, hey, do you got five minutes to give me? That's kind of how it works. So Scott yeah, came yeah. over and sat down, stood in front of me and started talking to me and I'm filming him, asking him questions, how the day went, blah, blah, blah. And then he walked away and I'm like, hey, you know, give him a high five or whatever, fist bump, whatever. Good luck tomorrow, blah, blah, blah. And then he leaves and then they the Bass comes to me instantly and says, hey, you can't use that video. I'm like, what? 
What do you mean I can't use this video? Scott had went on stage and had an FLW logo instead of his Elite <laughs> logo on. And they were like, you can use it, but you got to blur out the FLW. And I'm like, are you joking me? And they wow. were, they were, I wouldn't say they were furious, but they were like, dude, you wore the wrong jersey on stage. We can't have that, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I, I assume he changed yeah. the next day, but it was, t- it was hilarious. It was hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. That is funny. I, I, there are probably guys who don't know this, but, uh, if you fish the the BASS opens, uh, same thing. They they make you wear something with a BASS logo on it, and if you don't have it, they they give you the logos to pin onto your shirt, or uh, or black tape them out. Or, yeah. So that's I, that's interesting. I, I've seen anglers. I can't say their names. That have just as before they go on stage, they look down at their shirt. And then they make sure that they know who all their sponsors are. And then they've actually went, oh, my gosh, that guy didn't pay me. Take black tape and black tape it out before walking <laughs> on stage because they didn't want that person to get any credit or because they didn't pay their retainer fee for the month. Hey, life's, life's tough, man. Life's tough. But yeah. I, I do, back to your point there, I fished with... Uh, uh, these opens anglers that got um, bids to the elites, and um, you know I, I got to know them and got to kind of see uh, their body of work. And you know, any one of these guys got a shot of winning. Uh, they they can compete and win against anybody, but the odds are still pretty greatly stacked against them to be able to consistently win against the big sticks like the Hackneys of the world, the Polonix, the, the, these guys, the Ot Defoe's, that uh, they're just on a different level. They quite frankly are. It's There's a uh, – when you really look at the statistics and you start looking at professional fishermen, there's a really humongous gap between – that top 10 guys who are always in the cat checks and that next level. Now that has nothing to do with the, their fishing. It's that they yeah. know they're able to change the pace of what they're doing and make good thought, good thought and changes immediately to start catching fish. Yeah. And this is a good, this would be a, a really interesting topic uh, because uh, what is the secret sauce that separates these dudes from the rest of the group? Yeah. That's one you want to, we'll leave that one for another one of our topics. Maybe that's the best way to do that. For sure. Yeah. Uh, everyone's, there's been lots of comments. I've been trying to go through it. Uh, you know, I'm trying to put everyone's comments up. So before I do that, uh, Everyone, make sure you go to Mr. Bass's channel. We should. We need to remind this. Next week, we'll be on Mr. Bass's channel. Go there, subscribe, like, comment, click the notification button, do all that stuff, and uh, become part of his team, too, while you're part over here. Make sure you give this a thumbs up and all that other good stuff, too. Okay, so we, we kind of agreed on a majority of our top tens. I think everyone kind of agreed on it, too. Um, so, you know... 
I like I like this to be honest. I could talk about this for two hours. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a fun topic. Another fun topic might be all right. Let's let's uh, let's put a, put aside anybody who's not actively competing today, and then let's talk about who are the top ten or the top fifteen, whatever that are actively competing today. Whether it's on the uh, BASS, Major League Fishing. I guess you could even talk about the NPFL if you wanted to. But that would also be an interesting topic uh, just to kind of talk about of the sticks that are really actively competing today, who really are the top 10? Who are the 10 best? That that would be fun to talk about. Well, I think you got to have Kevin Van Dam in there for sure. For sure. I mean, and we Jacob- know Jacob Wheeler's definitely got to be in there. Edwin Evers? Edwin Evers could definitely qualify. Um, Aaron Martin. Polinick's been winning a lot. Brandon Palinick for sure. Um, I mean, Jason Christie, to be honest. Yeah, Jason Christie's been out, and, and Hackney as well. Uh, they all could qualify there. I think John Cox might make the top 10 or 15. John Cox is amazing. He is amazing. Uh, he really, yes, there's no no question. He could definitely be in. Um, oh, man, there's another guy's face I can see that absolutely should be in there. John Cox was 18 months in a row as the number one angler in the, in the world. 18 consecutive months. Amazing. Uh, does Jordan, uh, Scott Martin, Jordan Lee? Yeah, they. I mean, that's another one that they both could probably um, be in that conversation. Uh, I mean, how can how can you go against them? Scott Martin, uh, you know, he had to he had to grind his way back into the BASS side, and that's another indicator, I think, of the level of competition on the elite since this sixty five guys left because. Several guys have been able to do this and not to take anything away from Scott Martin. We all know what an amazing stick he is, but there's 65 guys that he didn't have to compete against to, to qualify for the elites. And, and if, if I were him, I'd be like, hallelujah, boy, that, I mean, and it was, it was a hard, he, you know, he, he, he's got an amazing YouTube channel and he documented the whole process and, and it was not easy by any means, but just think how much more difficult it would be. to went to the elites don't you think yeah i think i think getting to the elites is one of the hardest things you can do because if we look at it i mean last year um jacob prosnick is a absolute fantastic angler he didn't make it to the elites um brian latimer didn't do it todd castledine there were there were a bunch of guys that that left decided not to when MLF bought FLW that they didn't want anything part of that and they went to the opens did their best killed it and still didn't qualify and now they have to attempt to requalify and really you have you only have three tournaments to make it in the opens you have one bad tournament in an open and you can kiss that berth to an elite goodbye it's either you're on fire that week or you're not or you don't make it and it means you have to wait another year and that's when things get 
insane. I mean, the the honestly, the Central Opens last year were the most competitive fishing in the country. I'm not that that's they no. were more competitive than the MLF. They were more competitive than the elites because the names that were in there were huge names to qualify. It was no, doubt. it was unbelievable. Yeah, you you've you've nailed it on the head. It's it's absolutely true. So Booster said Bass Fan Rankings have Wheeler number one, Justin Lucas number two, and he's a great angler. Palinick three, Jordan Lee four, Ottavo five, Andy Morgan six, John Cox, my boy seven, Patrick Walters eighth, uh, Seth Fielder feeder ninth and mark daniels jr who i don't even think he gets the credit he deserves he kind of just sneaks in there for a paycheck every time he's he's in the top 20 every tournament i mean him and dustin connell and jacob wheeler together when the three of those guys are together those three guys are the might be the smartest three guys to 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 room together and also fish together yeah um that's true. They they hang around. I mean, that's if I'm if I'm fishing in major league fishing, I gotta be Jacob. Where do we room together? Yeah. Where, where can I? You know, what, uh, can I shine your shoes? What can I do? I need to hang out with you, man, because uh, that's an amazing, amazing, uh, <laughs> uh, very strategic, very strategic. I, I I'm all about that. Uh, I think it's. Very, very smart to get him as a someone to hang out with. Okay, so I'm gonna all your fish buddies. I'm not gonna say the, the two anglers because I do not want to get in trouble. But there was a rumor that a, two really good anglers started rooming together because they wanted to not help each other, but one of them was doing much better than the other. And the other one's like, look, I can, I can start learning from, from this guy. And this is only going to help my fishing thing. And that's why the two of them room together. That's I would, I would, I'll tell you off the air who it is, but I don't want to say it on, on here, but that does happen. And with Wheeler and Connell and, and Daniels, they, they get a house together and they all split it three ways. Some I think yep. they might even have four people that goes in with them, and then they split it four ways. It makes the it, it cuts down on all their expenses for for that, and you know you it it really does help to be able to bounce. I know they can't technically talk shop about what's going on, but they're talking for sure. There's some yes. there's some talking yes. going on. Absolutely, you know. Um. I think I think you know that's there is some strategy there. I think every pro, very few pros, I think, just completely isolate themselves and try to figure everything out on their own. Yeah, that's just not smart. That's not a smart strategy at all. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't get help, but you can get help. There's a gray area to that whole that whole thing, for sure. So for sure. Okay. I'm still flipping through. I'm flipping through the names of anglers at the moment because there's one guy on the tip of my tongue that I absolutely think needs to be in the top ten list, and we haven't said his name yet. Uh, man, I cannot believe I, I I'm drawing a blank. But the guys who watch my channel are used to me doing this. I we talked Hackney, Defoe, 
Edwin Evers, Christy Cox, Jordan Lee, Patrick Walters, Defoe. Uh, yeah. Shannon said, I don't see anything wrong with to- some talking. You're Technically, like I've been on the boat with Kevin Van Dam during a practice day, and I saw a giant bass. I mean, a giant bass. I mean, the one of the biggest bass I've ever seen. And I said, oh, my God, do you see that one on the bed? He turned around to me and said, Steve, you can't point out where fish are. It's against the rules. So whatever mm-hmm. you see mm-hmm. and you tell me, I can't do anything about. So please don't do that. And, you know, we talked about the, the yeah, weirdest uh, place that he uh, autographed a, a person after that. <laughs> yeah, Polinick did the same thing to me one time when I was a marshal. He's like, uh, 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 you know what else? You cannot tell me. Yeah. You cannot tell me. Bobby Lane? Anything. Yeah, He's the been Lanes, killing it lately. The Lane brothers are all. Another yeah, second place. He has been killing it lately. I know it. It's pretty impressive. Yeah, he's a good he's a good dude, man. He's a good dude. Well, dang, I can't I can't find it. But anyway, okay. Yeah, that that was that was uh, fun. That was definitely a fun topic. Here is my next topic for you. So I watched a video just last night. Now I should preface I I don't really watch Guggen Squad stuff. But if I'm going to watch one of them, I'm going to watch John B's stuff. I don't know if he okay. just seems really creative. Um, and it, for whatever reason, I'm not a subscriber, but I think he does very good. I think he does brilliant work. I should say that. But last night's video has me completely dumbfounded. I am, I am, I had a hard time today. I, I thought about this for probably four or five hours. You, you texted me and I was working on uh well, oh, I was working on a, a video for iCast, uh, for tackle webs. And it was at that point in time, it was all I had thought about from when I woke up to when you and I texted, <laughs> this is, this is how my brain works. He went out and bought the Manifold De Niro Yugo Frame 550 Glide Bait. The twenty, almost 22-inch, 2.7-pound leather, $1,150 swim bait. And that's horsehide leather, by the way. Yes. Thank you. So my first question to you is... <laughs> Why in the world would anyone in the United States and bass fishing even remotely purchase an $1,150 bait? If I, if I said to you, Mr. Bass, I'm going to give you $1,150, would you go buy that lure? Um, well, I got so many other things I would rather buy first. No, there's no way I'd do that. I mean, that's total insanity. And, and that's all there is to it. And like you said, this thing is 20, almost 22 inches long and weighs 43 ounces, two and a half pounds. 
how are you even going to cast? You've got to buy a whole new setup just to cast the thing. And, uh, jeez, I, I, it just, it's, it's mind blowing, but you know, Hey, to each his own. I, I think it would be great to have as a YouTuber cause you could make some great videos with it, but, uh, I'm not, I'm not going to spend $1,150 for a swim bait. I mean, it, it's, it's insane. And and not, not only that, a leather swim bait at that. I'm like leather. Okay, uh, that that's crazy. I will I will say right off the bat, if you have not seen this video or watched this bait in the water, you're gonna be really surprised to start off with. I mean, it is exceptional. But yeah, so it's not it's not. A bait, right? Say that again. That they've made this lure to be a real bait, a real yes. lure that you would use to fish with. Yeah, it's got like eight different places to put a treble hook. It's got one on the side of the face yeah. here, all up and down its head. You it's got six or eight treble hook places. Could you have the ability to show this thing on, on screen by oh, chance? You want to know what? I probably can. Hold on. Keep talking. Yeah, it, it's humongous. It's got all of these hook points. Let me tell you some of the things it says about the leather exterior. The leather exterior does not get colder in the water like a traditional plastic lure does, which ensures the bait has a warmer body temperature and a similar texture to a living bait fish for a more natural presentation. As the leather progresses, the surface foil becomes weathered and becomes more like a wounded or weak bait fish as well. So they're saying this leather exterior actually makes it look more lifelike, more realistic. Okay, I'm 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 officially. The thing putting... is when you've got a twenty the thing is when you've got a twenty-two inch bait, the the <laughs> You probably ought to go fish for musky or something with the thing. Uh, not to say, I, hey, I've fished bass for years. I know a, 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 a bass will go after anything it thinks it can actually successfully eat. But, yeah, there's a picture of that thing. I'm gonna, I don't know why I didn't cover the whole page, but this is it. <laughs> Look at Holy cow. So I don't know if you can see. Oh, you can't see where my thing is. This is... This is obscene. Uh, it is. I mean, that's not. So, didn't you? Can you? When we were before we went on, can you read that the people's comments from the tackle warehouse for me, please? Because I thought that was the best thing you said in the pre yeah. pre show. Yeah, there's a, there's only two comments, but this first one's great. Bought this bass. No, bought this for the bass here in Minnesota. Had amazing action, but unfortunately lost it on the fourth cast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Four casts and $1,150 down the drain. Amazing. And then the other comment was, was in Japan last month and was able to see this thing in person. This thing is massive and it has a super wide S motion. It takes little to no effort to make this thing swim correctly. It does swim better when the leather is soaked in water. Definitely a cool bait, but I wouldn't have any use for this in the U.S. 
So how many people just because and I'm just speaking from myself. I don't know if you saw the. Oh, yeah, you I gave you first access to my video before I put it up. Uh, that bass I caught was probably 25, 26 and a half inches, give or take. Imagine what 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 do you think a 26 inch bass is going to try to eat a 22 inch bait? I mean, am I, time, I am no. I crazy? Am I if you can tell me seriously, <laughs> dude? Am I crazy? I mean, who's buying yeah, this? Yeah, I don't know. You're right. The, you you almost the only is only about three places in the country you could fish it. Maybe Florida's one because you you get a double digit bass might go after it. Uh. I can't imagine a twenty. Uh, I can't imagine a two and a half pound bait. That's. A, I have a hard time throwing those. I have a hard time throwing anything over a half ounce. I start getting you freaked out. You can't cast this thing, right? You'd have to. You'd almost have to like put it out and then do, troll six miles over, away. Troll, yeah, troll six miles away and then and then reel it in. Yeah, and there's no way you can cast it. it it's. It's, you could troll with it too. Yeah. Well, that's what I, I have in my in my in my notes. They made this for I should mention they made this for bass fishermen. They did not make this for saltwater fishermen. I think it could catch something saltwater, but you'd have to go marlin fishing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and 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 in that case, that that bait isn't remotely. You know, when you go offshore fishing, you're using a real big giant hook now these were really big hooks and they had hooks all over but there you don't use a lot of treble hooks when you're when you're marlin fishing or sail fishing or dolphin fishing when you go king fishing yes you use a stinger but when you go you know this is this is made for bass really it's made for japanese bass are the japanese bass that much bigger than the bass we have no i no. mean i mean that it says it comes with four premium Japanese Ryugi treble hooks. I yes. wish I knew what size those hooks were. I think they were eight. It doesn't eights. tell you. Really? Booster says we, they found a six-pound bass with a four-pound bass in its mouth floating in Lake Guero, Mexico. He said he's. I've seen. To... I have seen. I have seen videos of a of a bass hit that... another bass almost the same size as it, and I think it has to do. With the just the unique angle for that one split second, I'm sure it's an illusion, and the bass thinks the fish is smaller than it really is. Yes, and then they choke. Um, yeah, and then they choke on it. Yeah, uh, I just can't imagine a ten pound bass even remotely thinking that it could eat. I mean, the bass I caught was pretty nice the other day. That's the god's honest truth. I can't yeah. imagine. Yeah. I mean, that bait being swallowed well, by that bass. Okay, so I got the depths 250 here, which I think is about seven inches long. So three of these. So let's take let's take three real quick, and I'll try <laughs> to hold them together. It's gonna be out. Hold on, I'm gonna take me off the screen. Hold on. <laughs> this is this is 21 inches. And that lure is 22 inches long, 21.65 inches long. <laughs> uh, it's insane. 
yeah, that's that's pretty ridiculous, to be honest. Yeah, that that's that's it's ridiculous. And but okay, would you buy that bait if it was two hundred and fifty bucks? Yes, I would. You I would absolutely would. Yes. Would you try it's to fish too, it? Um, I absolutely would try to fish it. Because it's one of those things that it's, it's like, holy cow, I've got to try that thing. If someone went to the trouble of making it, but I can't pay 1200 1300 bucks for a lure. That's that's a kayak. I mean, that's that's that ain't chump change. That's uh, no. I have a whole nother. It's not. I have a whole nother slogan. I would say, but I, I'm going to keep it fa- family friendly. But I mean, <laughs> I mean, have you caught a have you caught a bass over 22 inches? Oh yeah. Oh okay, okay. Because no, there's a lot of people uh, that you no, get in the no. northern states that no. haven't. The world, the world record, I think, is only 23 inches. Uh, Patrick caught one at, at 26.5 years ago. I think that's the world record, or 27.5. <laughs> On Okeechobee on a, uh, years ago. Because Patrick, my buddy Patrick, had 270 world records at one time. Really? I don't know if it still stands. Patrick good? Yeah. All right, let's see here. 10 biggest largemouth world records. Yeah, I would think 26 sounds right. The only reason I thought 23 is I saw a guy, I saw a thing the other day where they said 23. I thought that was short. That was really short to me. But, all right, 10 biggest... 22 pounds, 4 ounces. It doesn't say the... Yeah, you got to go the length. Patrick actually Uh, caught one in his pond last year. That's what I was thinking. 23 pounds. 23 pounds is the world record. Yeah. Um, Inches wide. Last year, Patrick caught one at 28.5. But there was no way he was going to get certified. Not to mention, we we didn't want anyone knowing that we caught it in his pond. Um, but we thought the fish went 15 or 16 pounds. Yeah. So it's funny. So I watched this video and he did a great job and, uh, and, but I just kept thinking, watch it. I just kept thinking how crazy it was. And, and then when he went out to cast it, he, he was in his boat and he had to like drop it off and then go. 40 or 50 feet away with his trolling yeah. motor and then twitch it. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it and was the problem with that is you almost would have to go out and then go in a circle so that you're retrieving it in a different direction that you didn't just drive over with your boat. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just one of those things. I kind of, uh, I kind of think it's gimmicky. That's the truth. Uh, I can understand someone oh, go- it wanting absolute, it. It absolutely is gimmicky. But when you spend that much money for a gimmick, you kind of take it seriously. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, how many lures have you ever seen with with leather? I've never seen a leather lure. I've never seen a leather lure, and I thought it was completely hokey frog fur, complete frog fur, <laughs> until until I start reading the fact that it does kind of make sense that. Uh, this leather does look like scales. It does. Scale pattern on it. 
And you could see how, especially as if you could get fish to start chewing on it, it it it's gonna. I bet in the water it does look more lifelike than a regular plastic ABS plastic sort of lure. But then when you look at the tail, because I have it on the screen right now, they had to staple it at the bottom. So how many fish do we have that have staples all over it? Yeah, true. <laughs> Hold on, I'm going to grab something. That's a I'm good gonna, point. I'll, I'm going to grab something. I wonder how lifelike the tail really looks in the water. On that video, did he show like any underwater footage of it moving in the water or anything? No, no, that would take too much time. <laughs> he didn't do any of that. So I buy one of these every okay. year. Uh, actually, I don't buy what buy it. Uh, I buy one for Ken, and Ken buys one for me. But if you look at this, it's kind of gimmicky. But that is a coral like snake, a coral snake skin on a custom lure. So in this case, wow. this is cool. a. Diamondback or a rattlesnake. Oh. So I don't know if cool. that looks... I don't know how that's... Yeah, you can definitely see it. It looks good. So this guy finds these snakes dead, skins them, then puts them on a lure. So every year huh. at the Antique Lure Show, I buy Ken Duke one, and he buys me. And these are the two ones... Because we're both scared... We're both real big babies about snakes and uh that's what it is and and i don't know if he's on here jeff hammer you should see the size of the snakes at this guy's house i don't i i won't go to jeff's house he has that big of snakes around his house <laughs> uh well you but, guys have the old pythons down there don't you yeah you get towards you get down towards the everglades yeah but i mean no, jeff had jeff had a couple uh diamondback rattlesnakes last year that probably went four or five foot I mean, they were wow. absolute uh, pigs. I mean, they were giants. And I actually think, if I remember correctly, I should text him. Um, he, uh, I think his daughter got bit by one years ago. So he's really, he really knows, you know, what's what's going on with him. So Tim uh, wow. Booster sent me an email of a bass, a 10-pound bass with a tilapia in its face. I'm just going to show the camera. Not a very it's good picture, but that's ridiculous. I just, I, I, when I, when I saw the video, I was more or less like, first off, I, the first it said most expensive lure. And I'm thinking, did he, I didn't even see the video. And I went, did he buy that $1,100 video on tackle warehouse? Cause you know, I get this, I get this thing from Tackle Warehouse every every month that says, uh, here's here's the new stuff, blah, blah, blah. Here's the stuff yeah, you could yeah. here's the stuff we think you could fish. Do you, you know, here's what's going on, blah, blah, blah. I don't want to go through with my whole theory. And that was one of the lures that was sent. And I'm like That's a, it's crazy. But but you know, I do firmly believe that if you fished that lure long enough, you would eventually get bit on it. But, you know, it's one of those deals where you uh, who knows how long you'd have to fish it so before you got bit. In in John's video, one of the things he says is most of the time the bass doesn't get bit. That bait doesn't get bit. But because it's got so many places for treble hooks, that bass are curious about what it is. 
So they'll come up yeah, and nose draw, it, and that's when power. they hook it. Yeah. I believe that. It's probably amazing. Yeah. There's everybody's talking about snakes and uh, we're not talking snakes guys. I don't I don't want to talk snakes. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate these snake lures, yeah. these custom lures. It's funny cuz every time every year when Ken and I buy these, every year we go, "Did you use yours yet?" and it's like, "No way. We're scared to use them cuz I mean, they're custom. They're it's a beautiful lure." It is a beautiful lure. It just you know that one in particular is really cool. Yeah, this is a. I think this. Ah, I got that one right in the finger. It's got good Uh-oh. hooks. <laughs> Been there, done that. It's that's a that's a good looking one. That's a coral snake, I think. Wait a minute, red and yeah, yellow kill a fellow. No, yeah, this is the red and yellow kill a fellow. Red and black, you'll be back. See the red and yellow match. This is the one you wouldn't want to run oh. into. That's a good deal. Red and yellow killafella. I got to remember that. Yeah, that's how we remember it down here. And you don't ever see those snakes, those, those coral snakes. You don't. They're. It's very. The, I've only seen one one time, and it was in a golf like the hole. As I lifted up the flag, the snake was in the hole, and I was oh, like, "Okay, man. Dad, we're done for the day. We're done for the day." <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Okay, Hammer says, you know those snakeskin lures will attract other snakes. Better give them to me for your safety. Uh, Hammer's yeah. allowed to have them. He's yeah. allowed, Hammer's allowed yeah, to have anything smart. I have. Yeah, that's one smart dude right there. <laughs> uh, he Actually, Hammer has a great uh, business called Hammer Tech Marine. He does all these great marine saltwater uh, CNC machined stuff for boats. Uh, Jeff is an, a crazy smart person and he's a really good angler i actually think he's a better angler than me he won't admit that but i think jeff's a better angler than me interesting so okay let me move these snake lures so i don't get snagged by them next we got to say congratulations to atifo one today's yeah. major league fishing on harris chain one in my backyard yeah um, that's awesome uh, one of the best guys in the world and couldn't be happier for him. Um, you know, the one thing I wish major league fishing did, uh, maybe I'm the only one that has this problem is it for me, it's so hard to keep track of, you know, they want, you'll, you'll get a notice that says so-and-so won this or so-and-so won that. And you're like, all right, what, is that a real tournament or is that a, just a stage in one of the tournaments for him to get to the final you know, it, it, I I wish they would just say uh, the Bass Pro Tour uh, a, a lead event, whatever they want to call it, on the Harris Chain Lake, the, that champion. Uh, but the way they the way they describe their winners, it's always like, okay, did he really win the tournament? Is the tournament done, or has he won one of the stages in the tournament to get to the next stage to compete to the? You know, it's just like, geez, Louise. Just tell us, tournament winner or not, you know. They have uh, – so ma- the one thing Major League Fishing does better than re- really almost everybody, the la- elites do it really well too. They send out a press release pretty much twice a day. I mean, I'm not joking. You, you, I don't. When they start the tournament, you get a press release. When they finish the day, you get a press release. 
And 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 in my opinion, one of the things that's holding Major League Fishing back is um, there's just too much, too many complicating things that go on in the tournament. Um, and that's the that's the one thing that I even as somebody who watches. I mean, I watch a lot of bass fishing. I watch a lot of fishing because I not I, I watch it yeah. because I know the guys and I want to keep up with how they're doing and that kind of stuff. But s- major league fishing is confusing for me. <laughs> it, it it really is. I'm glad to hear that because I I don't want to. I'm hoping I'm not the only one. It, it, you know, at least with the elites, uh, you know. All right, they're fishing the they're fishing Gunnersville this week, mm-hmm. and then at the end, somebody's going to win Gunnersville and it's over. Congratulations, you're the champion. Yeah. Uh, they show them with the trophy. 12 different 12 different stages to finally get to the championship. <laughs> that that and, stuff really gets confusing. And, and and really it's the it's the group A, group B, group A, group B and then they take the top person from group yeah. A and B automatically go to the finals, then they have a a, a two days where those people are competing from 40 to 20 to 10 and it's it's so convoluted and and jumbled up that you're like what i agree with you Uh, there's times when i read it and go i've actually i hate to say this i sent somebody a text saying congratulations on your win and they sent me a thing back saying oh hey steve thank you you should know i have one more day of fishing left and i'm like oh oh sorry (laughs) i I thought you won the tournament and and you know uh it's it's one of those weird things jeff jeter says even their website confuses me. me They they have so many tournaments now that they're with now that they purchase FLW there are you know there's a Toyota series there's a the big it's the big five there's there's so many tournaments under the umbrella of Major League Fishing oh. that it's 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 almost it's it's ridiculous at times. I agree. I really do. You know, uh, Texas Huntman Texas Huntman said Major League Fishing is my favorite format. They are smoother than they than they were than what they started, but they still got kinks to work out. You're right. They had yeah, forced- I, mean, I, I I think they're fun to watch. I I definitely you know I like to watch them. And I'm pulling for them, but I guess I don't watch it enough to 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 filter out all the confusion for me because it's still really confusing. If you had your if you had your choice to watch Major League Fishing or Bass elites. Which one would you watch? Elites. You would. Yeah. Now, why is that? Uh, I guess just because I've gotten more history with the elites, and uh, I will say that until until um, the guys jump from the elites to major league fishing, that the 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 MLF uh, TV coverage was way better than BASS. Mm-hmm. BSS television coverage just wasn't very good at all and they've really upped their game you know in an effort to compete and since they've done that i i I really like watching the elite guys uh they've got camera boats i mean that camera's in just about all their boats and they're they're i I think they're fun to watch have you watched it on on fox sports yet uh i don't know that would be this year yeah i i i've i watch it online you know yeah um, I mean, Major League Fishing is a, a it's a television series. That's what it's 
it's made for. Uh, that's what it was designed for. And, and, the, and you know, they had, they, they had a lot of people that just don't like what they're doing. Uh, because, I mean, I'm like you. I, I, I have always been a Bass elite person. I still think Bass is king. I mean, I'm a statistic fan. Uh, statistically, Bass beats Major League Fishing month in and month out. I mean, I know Major mm. League Fishing is going to throw some bullshit lineup, sorry, that says that they got 82 million views. That is not true. That is not true. Um, but Bass has always been, you know, last year Bass got a huge kick because of ESPN. I'll be the first one to say, I think moving to FS1, while they blew it up and made it this seem like this great thing, the the... The, it doesn't even good. rank on floor, uh, on FS1, and that stinks. Yeah, yeah. That does stink. Uh, the um, I, I feel like one thing that Major League Fishing has done is they've tried to change some of their their tournament coverage to appeal to people who they're they're trying. I think they're trying to capture a broader audience, so they're editing their footage in a way that to me is less interesting than it used to be. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and one of the, uh, one of the guys mentioned to me in the, one of the comments uh, a, a couple of weeks ago that look, go online and watch the online coverage and you can get more of the older MLF style where you can actually watch a lot of the fishing and you can see the techniques more mm -hmm. and the baits they're using and that kind of stuff. I like that better than, just trimming it down to see who's going to win. You know, yeah. I, I like to, I, and that's what I always liked about the major league fishing format is you got to see how they were really fishing and, and what, you know, what techniques they were fishing uh, compared to another fisherman and see them compete against those fishermen. And that was very entertaining and exciting. And it seems like it's kind of gotten away from that. Uh, they still do it, show it some, but not nearly as much as they used to. And, uh, I think it's because they're trying to appeal to people who've never watched fishing before mm -hmm. where I want to see all the details, you know, I want to see the nitty too. gritty details. And so Texas that, suns and Rose. Uh, you know, what's not fun, not fun looking at the top of everyone's ball cap because they have their faces buried in the stupid live scope outlaw that thing on tournament day. I hate to say this. Yeah. I agree with them. I agree with them. Yeah. There's too much of this. I think now. a lot of people. I know. I think a lot of people agree with him, um, and I don't disagree. I think it's kind of taking, it, it, it's kind of taking some of the uh, sport out of the sport. Yeah. I I'll, I'll I'm going to throw something out that probably isn't going to be very, um, that people aren't going to like. Uh, I think that. This is like a bold prediction, I guess is the best way, best way to put it. We had you have you had Lunkers TV, Rob Turkula, who decided to jump into the whole professional bass fishing thing, which I think is completely yep. crazy. Because if you don't need to do it, don't do it. It's just a waste of money overall. I mean, you're, unless you're you hit it big, you're gonna you're barely gonna break mm -hmm. even in most in most cases. But I'm gonna tell you what I think. He, I from what I've heard. There's been a he's he's went and had somebody teach him how to read his forward-facing sonar, who is the best in the industry, and he's mm -hmm. going to come down here to Florida, and he's going to he's finally realized that grass is king down here, 
and he I think he's going to come down here for the NPFL, and I think he's going to have a good tournament, but the problem is he's going to have to face guys like Jeff Fritz and Keith Carson and a whole bunch of people like that that are studs on the Harris chain. And that was a question I was going to ask you. NPFL comes into town, I think, next week. How many of those guys do you think watched Major League Fishing this weekend on the Harris chain since NPFL is coming to the Harris chain? Well, I talked to one personally who told me he was absolutely going to watch every minute of that stuff for that very reason. I'd do it. If I were fishing NPFL, I would have watched every second of it. Yeah, I, uh, well, I know the Harris chain is kind of like my, my, my place, but mm-hmm. I, I agree with you completely. I, if it were me, uh, I would have, I would have overly critiqued every second of that tournament. And I'm not joking. No. Every second I would listen to, I might not listen to most of the announcers, but I mean, I would have watched if you didn't, if you didn't know how good a stealth blade was. And then you had Brett Height, who who finished in the top ten, who absolutely put on a clinic for two days, and he all he did was use a stealth blade with a with a trailer, um, because mm-hmm. you know that was he knew that that yeah. you know that the pressured yeah. fish would go after it. Um, yeah, it would. Uh, I would be. Uh, I would have watched every second of it. I I I I'm with you completely. I would have been like. Let me. I would have been marking down things. Oh, this guy's fishing a hundred feet off this point. I, that's how detailed I would have. I would be doing it. So, hopefully, they do. It, it will be interesting to to see how those guys do. We should do a. We should really do a show just about electronics and how yes. it's changed the game of fishing. Oh my goodness! It has changed things so much just in the last five years. It's insane how much it's changed. Mm-hmm. And it's not cheap either. No, it's insanely expensive. That's one of the things on the NPFL. There's certain guys that have forward-facing sonar, and a majority of the other guys don't have it because they can't afford it. I mean, they're, yeah, they're putting well, out you thirty spend- grand. Garmin, uh, well, you know, even like an average guy like me, let's say I want to go out and I want Garmin Pan Optics. I pay $1,500 for Garmin Pan Optics and I've got nothing to connect it to. Yes. It's just the device that goes in the water. Then you've got to go buy a unit that's compatible with it and connect it with it. I mean, it, it, it's uh, it's a ton of money. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's it's a little detail in the grand scheme of things. And it's just, it's, it's almost crazy to think how much, I mean, a bass boat's already expensive as hell, but then you got to spend 15, $20,000 on electronics. I mean, shut your mouth, shut your mouth. Yes. Yeah, I know. And uh, the percentage of tournaments that are won with that stuff. I mean, unless it's an offshore tournament, is it even still worth it to have it? I, I don't know. Um, I, don't I think know these days you have to have well it. enough to know. Yeah, I do too. I think if you're going to compete at the elite level, you've got to have it. Um, but do you, do they really use it in really shallow conditions? I mean, I can tell you, uh, uh so my buddy, uh, his name is Eric Howard. He has H and H rods and reels. He's a crappie fisherman. 
I can tell you that that pan optics and that forward facing sonar has completely changed how anglers fish in, in crappie fishing tournaments. Crappie. Absolutely. Uh, I know so, I've been watching that. I've been watching that and, and you're right, man. All they do is look for brush piles yep. and they come up to the brush pile and point that pan optics right in the brush pile. And they're like, there he is. Drop it right on his head. I think, and there's the biggest one. There's the biggest one. There's three little ones and there's the big one right there. I'm going to drop over on the big one. I think one out. of the, the things for here at, at Toho at the, at the major league heavy hitters, Alton Jones point blank said it. He said, all I was doing was riding around looking for, fish on the my on my forward facing sonar. I didn't cast until I saw a fish. And yeah. he and I think he won or something like that. He did win. So uh Hank Snow says John Cox has done pretty good without it. I should say John Cox does have it on his boat these days. He has he he is not he does have electronics now. Now he doesn't use them a lot, but he he has had to start to make that change because if you don't have it you're just you're SOL'd. So. It's true. <laughs> everyone is uh, just just enjoying, you know, the thing. I only use my side-by-side -side for crappie. Guess what? Uh, the name came to me of the tournament. Who was it? I think needs to be in the top ten. Brian Thrift. Oh, God, yes. How good is that, dude? He absolutely it should be considered he in the top be. ten of current current day anglers. I was disappointed. He's another John Cox. I'm going to be honest. I was disappointed that he went to Major League Fishing. Yeah, yeah, I was too. I was disappointed but, David Dudley went too. I know I was as well, but I, I, I it's about that channel. You know, it, it it's the new it's the new real deal you know major league fishing is not a trend or a fad that's going to go away they're yeah. they're here to stay they are here to stay okay we only have a couple minutes left i want everyone to make sure you go to mr bass's channel subscribe like comment click the notification bell so you know next weekend when we do this live again on wednesday it is at his place so you'll get that notification to tell you that we are here <clears throat> i don't know what our right. topic is going to be but i think we've kind of touched on a few things that maybe we can talk about a little bit more but yep. what before we leave what do you have anything planned for the in the next week any videos you got uh, coming up well it's a major it's a memorial day weekend and i am fishing a uh kayak tournament oh yeah, it's a missouri it's a missouri kayak tournament uh and it's basically four days over for the Memorial Day weekend. So that should be fun. Good luck with that. Thank you. I am going back to the private pond tomorrow morning where those two fish. I don't go think, catch you another lunker. Hopefully I will. I will say if I can get that first one to go, I would be very, very, very happy. <laughs> um, but... Uh. Uh, we will see. I, I'll be honest. Tomorrow I'm going to be throwing a bait that uh, Topwater Johnny gave me, and I'm going to throw a stealth blade tomorrow. And I'll, I'll have nice. a worm with. I'll, I'll have a worm with me too because I I've not thrown the stealth blade yet. I am a huge bladed jig guy. I mean, I I throw it almost every time I go fishing for some for some part of the day. But uh, 
I didn't even buy a stealth blade. You sent me one, mm -hmm. so I've got one now. And I'm gonna go I am gonna go throw it. So it doesn't but make any to me, noise. To me, I thought it was okay, this is just another way to try to sell more jackhammers because clear blade versus the other blade. Yeah, gr I granted clear blade you can't see uh Brett Heights sold me on it now, so so I'm definitely gonna I'm definitely gonna start throwing that thing. I think you'll you'll notice it starts faster than the jackhammer. It it has a faster starter, but okay. uh, it doesn't make an, it doesn't make that noise. Really, it's it's the thumping action that irritates the bass on that lateral line, and that's why the, most of the time you're gonna get strikes that they're not they're not hungry strikes. They're just reaction strikes because they get so upset by that vibration. Um, uh -huh. Uh -huh. But I think you'll. I honestly believe when you use it, you might find yourself thinking it's better than the jackhammer. <laughs> well, hey, I'm all for something that works better than the jackhammer, dude, because that is a killer bait. That bait is that bait is just ridiculous. Uh, so, well, good luck to that. Like I said, I don't know. I don't know how. I don't know how we'll do tomorrow. It's it's been like 110 degrees down here right now, and we haven't had any rain, so it's going to be a hot morning. But we only fish for a couple hours. Johnny gets there like at like 5:30. I make breakfast at 6:30 here, so uh, then I run over there. So I only get an hour and a half or so. So I'm hoping I'm hoping I can get that one. He already told me he bought the lure that I got the the 3D the Savage Gear 3D bluegill. He's like, I'm using that bait all day tomorrow. I'm like, okay. <laughs> He was, I mean, he was right there. That, that bait, that, that fish that missed it was bigger than the fish I caught, which is scary. Cause I'm that was a pretty those, nice chunk that I caught. It, it looked, it looks, looks like it's just got great action. Yeah. So, okay. Everyone go to his channel. Make sure you like this. Uh, but we'll be back next Wednesday. So, uh, of course, thank you. Any last things? Oh, let me give a, a plug for you. When's Saturday night? Saturday, Saturday night, night Live. A new That's graphic right. for the Saturday Night Live Mr. Uh, Mr. Bass Live Show. I don't That's know who right. did it, but he was a genius. It's beautiful. There's this guy This guy called Steve <laughs> Chapman, man. He makes some amazing graphics. And he made it for me, and it's looking sweet. So, so you have that Saturday. What time? Same time as this show, 8 p.m. Central, 9 p.m. Eastern. And, uh, you know, usually last two hours and... We do a lot of fishing talk, and then, uh, of course, I give away some some lures and tackle and stuff, and that's always fun. So, yeah, yeah, join me. Make love, sure to have you, you on the, love to have you on the channel. Make sure you go there. So, everyone, thanks for watching. We'll be back next week, next Wednesday, 8 Central, 9 Eastern. And remember to do a few things. Take a kid fishing, get your fish on, and we will see you guys next Wednesday. Thanks, guys. Cheers. See ya.